Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent. I stands for using your intuition. N stands for networking. And K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Good afternoon, listeners. I'm so glad that you're joining us today because we have a really great topic. It's something that you'll see in the media quite often. We have with us today Dr. Julie Gatza, and she's going to be talking about the seven steps to taming gluten sensitivity. She's one of the nation's top chiropractic physicians, and she has more than 26 years of clinical practice. And she's assisted, my gosh, more than 25,000 patients. So we really do have a we really do have an expert with us today. Hi, Julie, <laughs> oh, Dr. You. Julie. Hi, Denise. Nice to have you on my. Nice to be on your show. <laughs> you know what? We're we're gonna get through this. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> exactly. We're having technical difficulties today, and it just tends to to flow. So, why don't you why don't you tell us why you got into the field that you're in? Uh, one of the things that happens when we first started uh, doctoring, my husband and I, we've worked together for all these years. We were chiropractors. We specialize in nutrition, and we also have done a lot of work to try to find out the real sources of where problems are stemming from. And we found that uh, we were falling short with just what we had learned in chiropractic school. And uh, we started to do a whole bunch of seminars, and we found that people had food sensitivities, and what we commonly saw at that time was wheat sensitivities. So by taking people off of wheat, taking them off of dairy products, which are the two sort of most common ones, we were changing things like arthritis and diabetes and high blood pressure and infertility and hormonal imbalancing along with what we were doing chiropractically and nutritionally. And uh, people were traveling from very far to come and see and do what we were offering. And now, you know, gluten has become such a household word at the time, we had to go to the library to go try to find out what gluten was in because the internet wasn't uh, born yet. So, uh, oh my. so we got involved simply we were looking for answers of why people weren't getting better with all the things that we knew at that one time. Why is that? What is it about gluten that makes people so sensitive well, to it? Well, I don't think that it used to be so much gluten. I, I would find an occasional patient with a gluten sensitivity way back when. It was mostly all wheat. So we used to be able to take oh. people off the wheat products, and they could substitute out for all sorts of other products, and they wouldn't have much problem. Well, you know, move along a number of years later, and all of a sudden we're seeing that people have problems with gluten. And gluten is sort of the stick-together um, portion of grains. It's in oats and barley 
It's in um, wheat, of course, and, uh, and rye bread. And uh, it's, you know, easy to cook with, easy to work with, because it's to stick together. When you're going gluten-free, it's why the substitutions aren't necessarily as easy to do and easy to love. But uh, people are now reacting way more to all those other products than they used to. And I do believe it's our lack of minerals in the soil. I believe it's the heavy use of Roundup. Um, even organic grains at this point don't necessarily mean that there's minerals in the soil. So grains in general I've seen are um, really causing lots of health problems. And all you have to do is eliminate it for a month. See how much better you feel. One full month of eliminating grains and, um, and then put, put them back in. Have a big fat pizza and see how you feel the next day. You'll be amazed at the change that you saw over the month's time. Mm. Well, if it's if it's wheat itself that people are sensitive to, why is that? Uh, you know, I think it's because as Americans we have overused it. We've really abused wheat as a. I mean, you can say the Italians eat a lot of it too, but the Italians have a lot of fresh food. They still make you know a lot of their own meals per day. Even the meals that are made at the at the restaurants are very homemade like. So. I, I can't compare it to Italy because Italy is a very clean country from the point of how they grow and, and the rules on their food. But, you know, if you think mm. about the normal average American kid is allowed to have toast and bagels and cereals for breakfast and protein bars throughout True. the day and sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly and, you know, SpaghettiOs mm. and Chef Boyardee and Lunchables and Snackables and Go-Gurt. <laughs> and then they get to come home, oh my God. and if they haven't had snacks for their soccer, you know, thing, now they're getting a pizza or pasta or something made fast in the microwave, and nobody is cooking like they used to. So these, so everyone is eating so much non-food that it's just mass filling them up, and and people are reacting to it eventually now. <laughs> yeah, that's that was an excellent, excellent example. <laughs> Thank you. I've been doing this for a long time, and I've watched, you know, what parents think is good for children and and what, you know, my kid was up against when I'd pack her lunchbox, and she'd tell me what they had in their lunchbox. And, you know, it used to just make me roll my eyes and realize what a salmon swimming upstream I am trying to raise my kid on food that, quite frankly, we were raised on when we were kids. Real food. And they, they tried to change that a little bit in the school systems, and it didn't go over at all. I mean, the kids just decided not to eat, you know, when they introduced the, the carrots and the, veg, you know, the veggies and everything. Um, I know. It's because yeah. it's not being yeah. done at home, and, you know, it's not being supported at that sense. And, and, you know, the art of cooking and real food nutrition, you know, is, is trite is, and maybe boring to people that it is. It is the very basics of how are you going to uh, – develop as a child how is your hormonal system going to work as a teenager and then how are you going to actually have energy real energy to repair and, and carry your life along until you're old without getting diseases it all starts at what are you putting in your body and you know is is are those things nutritious and are they being broken down mm, so true so let's talk about uh, your seven steps Great. So, you know, one of the first things, and, you know, you can lead me on this, too, just because they don't have to necessarily be in order. But one of the things that I have patients do is 
they are not great. They are not making the enzymes that they need in their body. So because we're lacking in nutrition, our, we have stressful lives, we've been put on different types of medications, and, and the bodies aren't working as efficiently as they used to, everybody should be making a certain amount of enzymes, and enzymes will help them break down the different types of foods on their plate. Uh, I have found that probably the most bang for your buck that I can do for a patient when they say, all right, you know, you found all these nutrients that I need. What do you think is the most important one? It's the only one I can afford this month. And I will always say it's the digestive enzyme that will break down all your other foods on your plate that will give you the best nutrition. So the most, you know, available nutrients that you can have would be by taking a high quality digestive enzyme. I use one called Absorbate. I've used it for a long time because it has all the components that basically get vitamins and nutrients into the bloodstream so a, per, a person does the best they can. And what's in, what is in, what's in that? Uh, what's in it is an uh, um, enzyme um, that breaks down protein. You have an enzyme that breaks down separately fats in the diet. You have an enzyme that breaks down carbohydrates. They also threw one in that breaks down the dairy products, and then they have one that breaks down the actual cell wall of the vegetables. So, you know, instead of trying to be so tough on people and telling them they must eat all these different foods separately from each other and give their body ability to break it down, not everyone's going to follow that rule, at least not all the time. And uh, they're not making enough enzymes in the first place. So I put the absorbate onto their protocol. They take you know, usually two per meal. If they're having a huge meal, they take three, and uh, it, it does its job. It goes in and it starts chopping up all the food in very small bits that the, the bloodstream says, ah, thanks. Thanks for all the nutrition. Boy, that we had a lot more nutrition this night than we've had in the past because we're actually able to get it in. But they've also changed their diet, correct? You know, not necessarily at this point. Just taking Absorbid during just a regular meal without changing anything is still going to break down your regular meal. So it's, you know, it's, just, it's the mechanics of what these enzymes do, and, and that's where we're inefficient in our body and not breaking things down properly. And, uh, you know, this is where we probably need the most aid where you're not, you know, trying to slam every single vitamin that you're missing in your body, which, you know, can be done, but it's expensive and you can choke them down sometimes. What what age do you recommend start taking them? I recommend it even to my kids, even to the kids that are my patients. And, you know, what happens is you start to look at our, our, our group of little ones. You know, they're chubby. Their bellies are sticking out. They have dark circles under their eyes. They aren't quite as energetic as, as you know, you think they should be. Well, it's starting at their food. They're not getting the right food. They're not breaking down their food. Uh, so on top of it, now their whole little lives are starting behind the eight ball deficient in things that they need. So if you start giving them some of these digestive enzymes, which come in capsule or powder form, these little bodies start to go, oh, okay, great. And funny enough, when you start to take these enzymes, you're not as hungry as you thought you should be. And it's because you're breaking down the foods as you're eating them so you don't feel the need to keep shoving more in. So People have a tendency to fill up faster. Are there chewables for the kids? Mm. Yes, there actually are, but it's, um, yes, there actually are, but you can throw the powder in anything, and it really doesn't have any taste as well. 
Okay. I'm just thinking for, for parents that do the lunches for their children, you know, that's, what they uh, put the powder true. in. Yeah. yeah. You could, you know, I mean, you could put it in a little glass of juice or something like that, and they wouldn't even be the wiser because it really doesn't taste. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> if you have a kid, you know, or you just teach them at home. What I found out with kids, and, you know, the one thing is the parents are the worst patients. It's not the children. Mm-hmm. When I explain to a kid, even at four years old, you know, uh, you know what's going on with them and why they're in the office in the first place because the parents never say, hey, I'm bringing this kid in because they're doing great. Can you make sure they stay this way? And, you know, when you really talk <laughs> yeah. to the kid about their their belly aches or, you know, their headaches or all the different things that, you know, is definitely bothering them as well, when you explain what needs to be done, they're actually better at following these diets and doing what it takes in the parents. It's the parents that feel sorry quote unquote for them and feel like they have to join the group and eat all the other junk it, the little kids actually you know they're smarter and, and more willing right from the get go hmm. interesting well I think <laughs> it I is think part of it you know <laughs> but I mean part of it in preparing meals for, for your children they still have to be enticing enough for them to want to eat it's true. Them. It's especially true. if they haven't grown up with it you know, if they haven't if they yeah. haven't grown up with it, if they if they've been that way from the time they were little, it's really different. You know. Yeah, it's true. And However, so I can see the challenge. You get, it is, and if you get the kid involved in making those menus, you'd be amazed. I know it takes more work, and it's sort of like teaching the kid to you know clean. Uh, it's much easier to clean for them most of the time. But if you get them involved in what can they put in their lunchbox, what do they want for dinner, and, and putting them with a, you know, a cutting board and a knife in front of them and having them start chopping things up, you'd be amazed at how much more pride and interest they have in having the meal as compared to one more thing that they can roll their eyes up at you because they had no responsibility in preparing it. Yeah, no buy-in. <laughs> there was true. no buy-in. Was, yeah, they had nothing invested. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, so when we're correcting gluten intolerance, um, you talk about if you decide to avoid it for a while, and then you kind of want to introduce it back in. How do you do that? Well, if somebody's you know willing to do anything for, I always say thirty days. In 30 days, you know, somebody can withstand just about any type of a program. And this one's not so hard mm-hmm. because you're still, you know, being filled with other foods. It's not like you're cutting back your calories and starving yourself. But, uh, you know, when somebody is doing that for 30 days and they've eliminated all, most of their grains, all their grains, uh, when they start coming back into it, you know, start with, I don't know, a piece of toast in the morning and see how you do. You know, start with something that you really were missing and have that and see how you do. But what I've generally found is if you start to go back to how you used to eat, you're back right back in, you know, the old boiling pot. So what I've said to my patients, listen, pick one day a week and cheat with everything you want. And then give your body six days to actually repair. But in that morning, have Cinnabons and, you know, have all the... Sandwiches you want in the afternoon and have a big fat pizza at night and have pie for dinner. But don't do this all week long because the body never gets a chance to recover. Even if you're having a small bite of something. If you're going to cheat, cheat big and then get back on it. 
gosh. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, so if if you take the wheat out of your diet and you take the, di- the um, dairy out of your diet, what are the things you can um, put back in that that you're going to enjoy? And I know that sounds uh, a little bit cynical, but but it it is what it is. I mean, a lot of times people will just go, "Well, what the heck do I eat now? What do I eat? Yeah, I'm hungry, right. but what do I eat? I can't I can't make a sandwich. You know, I can't have." It goes on and on. Yes, I understand. You know, one of the things that I've seen is uh, when people do have to change up their favorite foods, they aren't quite sure where to start. So I always say, listen, do not skimp on your protein. That's just number one. So if you're not much of a protein eater in the morning, start. If you don't like eggs, change your mind. Or have any other type of protein. If you want to have a steak in the morning, I'm totally fine with that. Because protein is the most valuable of the foods. It's the one that cells need the most. And uh, when you put protein in, it's amazing how your lack of or how you uh, sort of lose the desire to have to have the carbohydrates and the sugars immediately. And uh, you three meals a day, four meals a day, put in your protein, put in your vegetables. Don't skip a meal. Drink tons of water. And you'll be amazed at how much the body goes, ah, now, you might think, wow, I'd love to have that chocolate in my desk, and boy, do I really need this, and boy, I'd like to have, you know, some ice cream at night, but a lot of times that's occurring because you've skipped a meal and you haven't made healthy choices throughout the day, so now you have to have those sugary things because you weren't satisfied nutritionally in the daytime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you so know, when people... the advent of, of Google and, and websites and Pinterest sure. and substitutions, there are substitutions like crazy. You just have to spend an extra few minutes buying the ingredients and making it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, you can go with beans and rice. And uh, what other kinds of things do you, do you personally eat? I eat, well, you know, I, I'm a pretty simple cooker, but I do like to vary it up. I mean, I make a lot of soups from scratch. It's not a big deal. It's mm-hmm. very easy to do. It's, you know, I don't use bouillon cubes because there's junk in them. Um, I do right. a heck of a lot of, um, like, stir-fried vegetable type stuff. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I saute a lot of vegetables. I do a tremendous amount of chicken. We do pork chops. We do steaks. We have a lot of fish. I'm here in Florida. You know, I make a fish soup, I make a chicken soup, I make a lentil soup. I do hamburger with all sorts of vegetables in it. I do beans and rice and, you know, there's just, there's an endless amount of things you can cook. I do tuna fish with so much stuff in it that everyone is like, this is the best tuna I've ever had. And I'm like, well, basically whatever in the refrigerator is what I'm throwing in the tuna. And same thing with my soups. (laughs) So, you know, I end up sort of keeping it, you know, uh, very interesting, but the very basic foods are always there. And then I'll find a recipe and I'll put it on my phone and, you know, check it out for later. And, you know, I do chili and, you know, there's so much stuff that I'll do a lot of crock pot cooking because it's so simple. And it's yep. just not that hard to I do. do and once you've done it, you save money, you have meals right there, and, you know, you, you teach right. the family that leftovers are not the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love I love the crock pot. Throw it in there in the morning, and you know, then it's ready for lunch or dinner. It's wonderful. It, it's it's pretty amazing. I know it's an easy thing. Mhm. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, do you do smoothies for breakfast? You know, I I do, but I generally don't like to have too much fruit. And so what I found was, uh, you know, when I'm making smoothies, I try to really add in a lot of the vegetable-y things. And um, so I get on a kick of smoothies for a while and then, you know, knock it off. So, But when I do it, it's only yeah. one type of fruit, and then the rest is usually vegetables and, you know, some coconut milk and, uh, or, you know, the mm-hmm. coconut water. And they always turn yeah. out, you know, yummy and, and tasteful. It's just there's usually not enough protein in them and I don't like to use too many protein powders I'm not terribly impressed with them and um, I don't want to put too many nuts nuts are kind of hard on the digestive system unless you've actually soaked them overnight and they're they're raw so you know mm-hmm. soaked night, nuts overnight I'll put into smoothies you can't tell them it just thickens it up really is what happens yeah yeah that's very true interesting well I'm sure the listeners were very curious about that <laughs> good one of the things that I've seen, I was just going to talk about that, is uh, people have so many symptoms that they think is due to age or not enough sleep or this is genetics and this is how their family is. And uh, it's quite amazing that... Um, when you get people on the digestive enzymes, what it does for them is it actually changes so many of their symptoms. You find that dark circles under their eyes start to change. That puffiness in the in the face where you, you know, look good one day and the next day you're like, wow, what happened? I am so puffed up and yesterday I could see my jawline. And uh, those start to change because it all stems from digestion. Digestion is, number one, the key to all health problems that I've seen as being a doctor of chronic problems for 28 years. If you do not handle digestion, you are not going to get um, health back. And I'm talking, when I say normal gas and bloating, that's a quote. There is no normal gas and bloating. It's called gas and bloating, and it's abnormal. It's just very common. Well, what it means when you're gassy and bloated is you ate food you can't break down. So either it was a food you shouldn't be eating or you don't have the ability of your body to actually break down that food group so that you can utilize nutrition. So the body tries to get rid of it. It bloats out the belly. You can have burping. You can have gas. And it's uh, simply the body saying, yeah, no, we can't handle this. So these digestive enzymes are laid in there so that you can actually break down the foods and handle the foods that should be, you know, utilized. You know, you're asking other types of, uh, of symptoms. You can have, you know, weight gain. You can have no energy, hormonal imbalance, poor sleep, um, restless legs, uh, chronic diarrhea and constipation. And, uh, you know, people are taking a heck of a lot of heartburn medication as well. And the heartburn medication is simply the body saying, or it's, it's heartburn itself is simply the body saying, whatever you fed me, we no way under the sun can break this down. So you either have to change your diet or break it down. <laughs> and that's where those enzymes come in with some of the tips that I'm giving you on just some dietary changes that, you know, do it for a month and see how much better you feel. But take the enzymes as well because everyone's lacking in enzymes that I've seen. Well, and it, and it makes sense, too, because our immune function comes from that area. So if that Every area is healthy, body, everything else is going to break down. Exactly correct. 
Yeah, there's no body function that does not start from digestion. And so that's why, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of a crime that no one's been taught that or the kids aren't being taught that in school is the only way you can get nutrition in is to be able to digest it. I mean, you can sit in the bath of nutrition and you might absorb a little through the skin, but you can't go through that one every single day and expect not to actually have you know, nutrition going in through the digestive system. So we've talked about the enzymes, but we hear a lot about probiotics. What are your thoughts on those? Uh, Well, probiotics are uh, basically you're supposed to have a good balance of bacteria um, in the digestive system. When somebody actually has a a cold or, you know, an, an infection that they needed to go on antibiotics, those antibiotics don't just wipe out the lung infection bacteria. They wipe out all the bacteria. So they're going to wipe out the digestive system's good bacteria. What occurs then is you can have an imbalance that's happening in there, especially with the yeast. And uh, people have a lot of problems um, with yeast overgrowth that, once again, they're not even aware of. And it's simply because their good bacteria is wiped out. So probiotics are good bacteria. And you put those into the digestive system, and it just resets the balance. Um, the absorbate has uh, something called absorbate platinum, and the platinum means that they've added the probiotics to this enzyme um, complex. And you take that and you've, you've handled the whole situation. But, you know, one time on antibiotics is going to wipe out all the bacteria. Stress will do it. Surgeries will do it. You know, poor diets will do it. Poor nutrition. And I've seen, you know, like my kid is, uh, she lives in Nashville, and um she was complaining that she was having chronic urinary tract infections, and it was so baffling to me because she'd never had those. And uh, mm. so after sleuthing through it a bit, I, um, I put her on uh, some probiotics, and lo and behold, the urinary tract infections were completely handled. And I was like, oh, wow, she just had that imbalance probably from the time that she had that sore throat and, and went on the antibiotics for it. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, well, it's so it's, simple. It's you can now just one. Yeah, but you know, but it's, it's nice that the medical the medical community is actually um, behind people taking probiotics because of the antibiotics. You know, many many years ago, they never used to recommend it. <laughs> That's true. You know, slowly but surely, there are some things that are coming through that that people are starting to be more aware of in the medical community. Hooray, hooray, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's slow, but it's sure. <laughs> so, so, so do you actually have a program that you work on with your with your patients? Um, yes, I do, actually. The first thing that I'll have them do is uh, when they come in, you know, and I find out what's going on, the first thing that I do is I do take them off their coffee, their tea, their soda pops, their carbonation. No one likes me after that. Everyone wants to fight me. Everyone wants to tell me how it's their only thing left in life. But when they come off of those things, it gives their digestive system an actual chance to absorb. Because when you're drinking coffee, tea, or pop, decaf or not on the coffee, you've changed how you actually can get nutrition in. So uh, that's the first thing that I do. And, um, and you know, it takes a little bit of time. I um, I will often um, do a little bit of testing to find out if they have any types of food sensitivities. And uh, when I find out what they are, they eliminate those. 
most common I do find are the wheat and actual um, dairy, often chocolate is in that mix as well, and then a variety of other things depending on the person. And uh, and uh, when I take them off of that, um, I do put them on, you know, the Absorb-Aid uh, so that the meals that they are eating. So, you know, I basically say it's like a two-year-old has been dumped off at my house who's sick. And somebody says, listen, you need to fix him. And so what are you going to feed that two-year-old? You're going to feed them a lot of protein cooked. You're going to feed them some eggs and chicken and fish and whatever it is that, let's say, the kid's not too picky is going to eat. You're going to steam vegetables for him. Um, you're not going to feed him too much fruit. You don't want to over-sugar him. You want to get nutrition in and uh, water only. And when you start to feed yourself like that sick two-year-old, you'd be amazed at how your taste buds start to change. That food that you just took for granted before, you know, broccoli starts to taste a bit better. The vegetables actually have some worth and value to you. Uh, You know, a simple meal without a bunch of sauces and sugars on it, you know, start to just taste a bit better. It takes about a week or so to sort of get yourself over that. But once that occurs, the body really goes, hey, this is exactly what we need. We've just, you know, you've been fooling us by eating lots of sugars and carbs and all sorts of fats that, you know, have fooled in what you really think that you need. So I start to see changes within patients about seven to ten days in it. They start to lose weight. They have energy. They're feeling better as a chiropractor. They adjust a heck of a lot better. Um, the bodies aren't as sore. And now they're starting to believe me because, you know, they've worked this hard. They've come in. They've asked for help. They've paid the money. They're taking the things I'm asking them to. And now they're sort of, uh, they're kind of in the slot. And, you know, at this point, they're sticking with it. And I would say anywhere around two to three weeks, a month into it, they start to miss their old foods and they all cheat. And then they come uh-huh. in and they go, oh, my gosh, this is how I felt yesterday. And I'm like, of course you did. So I'm always waiting for the cheat day to come because at that point I don't <laughs> yeah. have to um, uh, spend so much time telling them what they need to do and how healthy it is for them. They actually see mm-hmm. the results and, they, you know, their back pain comes back or they get headachey or they're gassy mm-hmm. and bloated. They put a few pounds on and it's all simply because, you know, they've gone back to the thing that actually hurts them before their body's actually ready to be, you know, put back into that scene. You have so, to have the so that's discipline. Pretty much, you know, or just you have to have uh, some results, you know. If you get results in a short period of time, it's amazing how your discipline is better. It's just uh, mm-hmm. you do have to put in a bit of discipline just to start, and then you start to go, wow. You know, I have so many patients that have come back over the years that said, I did the best under your care. And I'm back now because I thought I could do it a different way. I've tried, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, some of it was good for a short period of time, but yours was the one that actually lasted the longest and I felt the best. And, you know, I hear that so commonly because it's not a fad. What I'm asking people to do is simply, it's simply what the body is going to always do the best with. There's no super ingredient. There's nothing amazing you know, enzymes are what your body should be making. So if you're not making them, mm-hmm. heck, let's pick the best source of them because all vitamins are not made equal in this country. And, uh, you know, no matter what it says on the label, it's actually who's making it that's really what, you know, it boils down to. Did they use the best ingredients? Did they do the processing to make it the most available to your system? You know, did they use fillers and and different things, you know, are they just using words that make it sound so good or is their actual product quite good? And 
in the vitamin industry, I find that you get what you pay for. There's no cheap mm-hmm. nutrition in general because to do it cheaply meant they made it cheaply. And uh, they can right. the same thing on the label as the people who actually did it the right way. So, so you know, true. in that area, it's sort of a fooling area that people aren't aware of. And so they're, you know, going and buying the cheapest stuff they can at, you know, the local drugstore. And, I mean, that stuff might as well just be, you know, I don't know, opened up and thrown down the sink. It's it's about as yeah, nutritional as you know, feeding your garbage disposal. I know. I always like to, um, if if I'm thinking about buying a certain supplement, I'll usually go through a company like Consumer Labs. They're online, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they basically test all the different brands, and they approve or they disapprove. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I've seen that you know, like uh, the, the Absorbate, which is made by um, Nature's Sources. They do sell in many of the health food stores, which is a bit unusual because some of the best vitamins I've seen aren't sold in the health food stores, you know, as a general rule because they're sold out of doctor's offices um, because the doctors mm-hmm. are the ones that actually know to use the most quality nutrition as compared to buying a Centrum, you know, over the counter at Walgreens. But um, oh, oh, the nice absolutely. thing about the, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the nice thing about Nature's Sources and the Absorbate is they have made it easy for patients to get it right at the local, you know, uh, health food store, or you can get it online or call a 1-800 number to, uh, to do that. And you'll often find many of the doctors that are doing with nutrition have the absorbate on their shelf because it's just, you know, overall it's the best thing that you can have. I mean, heck, I have a bowl of them sitting out anytime we have company over, and I basically say, don't forget to take your enzymes. And, you know, I sound like the geeky doctor, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, but everyone yeah. feels better after they have their meal, and you know they're in for the long haul, and nobody's you know rolling around holding their belly, and you know everything I've served is, is basically broken down. So so they just take a few enzymes while they're over at my house. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I've I've taken them forever, just forever. It's smart. Along yep. with well, hydro, along with vitamin, along with high, well hydrochloric acid. Because, you know, as you age, you lose that ability to make it on your own. So that helps, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you you know, everything you're helping with is in the whole area of digestion, which is, you know, the key to it all. Well, you don't want leaky gut. And, unfortunately, a lot of people have that. You would be surprised how it's probably up in the 80 to 90 percent of people that have leaky gut. I think it's probably the, the biggest sort of underlying cause in all disease and all sort of health problems is, uh, you know, the way that it occurs is you're supposed to have very small um, little holes, let's make it really simple, in your small intestine. And when you break down your food, uh, it allows the actual nutrition from that food to go into the bloodstream. Your bloodstream is like the, uh, the super highway. And basically it carries nutrition to bones and muscles and glands and tendons and ligaments and organs and skin. It basically is the super, you know, highway that carries everything to every single portion of the city. And that's how the city survives. So that's how your body would survive is those small holes should be small in the intestine. Nutrition gets through and that's the bloodstream's way to carry it all in. 
when people have food sensitivities, when people have stress in their life, when their digestion isn't working properly, all sorts of reasons that we've talked about so far on your show, uh, those small holes now become inflamed. When they get inflamed, uh, they enlarge. And now you don't just have the vitamins and the nutrients um, seeping through into the bloodstream. You now actually have the proteins going into the bloodstream. So what happens is the immune system says, whoa, what's here? What's in the bloodstream? This is odd. And so it starts to attack what's going into the bloodstream, which is now attached to a portion of, of your blood cells. So this is how autoimmune disorders start. This is how, you know, people have all sorts of irritable bowel and the leaky, you know, the leaky gut itself. Mm -hmm. But the digestive problems, the stomach aches, uh, the diverticulitis, all this stuff starts, number one, at did you inflame the small intestine? And if you did, that also means that you're, you know, seeping things into the bloodstream that should never have been there in the first place. I think that's the best synopsis I've ever heard about it. (laughs) Well, thanks. My husband wrote a book, and he did such a great job of explaining it that he has pictures in it, and it's just, it's so brilliant that I go, oh, well, that's as black and white as I can ever see it. So, you know, I've used that analogy for so many years. (laughs) It was really, really great. Loved it. Just loved it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we, can else we can thank Dr. Jimmy Gatza for that one. <laughs> there, there you go. So is there um, anything else that you, you'd like to cover? I think we've done a pretty good job. You know, the only thing that I would say is you do have to be a little just a bit more mindful of what the heck you're putting into your body. I'm the queen of the 20-minute meal. I'm not trying to brag, but I can whip up something really great in 20 minutes because I realize the value of, one, being able to do it quickly. Two, um, making sure that the food that you have is actually just tasty as well. And, uh, you know, from the moment I get home from work and, you know, get it going onto the stove, in 20 minutes I can have my family fed a pretty decent, balanced meal. And there are just so many easy steps to make it that way. And, you know, we don't have to be a product of, you know, the 80s and the 90s where everything was microwaved and, you know, everything was, mm-hmm. you know, healthy and delicious, microwaved and weird food, all the things I mentioned before, you know, in packages, box and cans. We really are a much smarter society now and a much more aware society. You know, the millennials are doing a bang-up job of, of actually making themselves aware of real food again. And... uh So, you know, anyone who's taking the time out to do that, I would commend them. And anyone who has an interest, you know, start with three meals a week. You know, there's 21 meals in a week. Start with three that you really just did a good job on. And you'll start to notice that it's quite easy to do that good job. In the inside of my um, uh, cabinet, I made two lists. One was what to make for dinner. And the other one was what to pack for my kids' lunch. Because I did not want to rethink the wheel every single night that I had to make dinner and rethink it every single day I had to pack her a lunch. And so I started making these lists of all these different foods. And, you know, whenever I was in a bind, I'd open up the cabinet, take a look at the list of the food, and I went, oh, yeah, everyone liked that. That was an easy one to do. So, you know, it's, it's just getting slightly organized. You don't have to hire a chef. You don't have to go always buy organic. 
you just basically need to start cooking with real ingredients and uh, and getting a few recipes under your belt, you know, a little acknowledgement from your family and your friends, and you're off to the races because it's cool to be a good cook. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because even with, you know, everybody has animals these days, and, um, you know, like we have dogs, and at least three nights out of seven, I actually cook their their dinner. <laughs> yep. So, you know, they get there and they I... love they love steamed broccoli and Aww. sweet potatoes or yams <laughs> and then a protein. <laughs> they love it. I mean, it's it's so real food, and that's what we all deserve is actually real food. You know. My husband had coined the term um, food and unfood, and he wrote a, a little cartoon, and food was a fish, and unfood was a box of fries. And he had, you, you know, little labels on the fish that said protein and enzymes and good fats and vitamins and minerals, and, you know, on the, uh, the little words next to the french fries was, you know, uh, unsaturated fats and, you know, lots of sugar and, you know, over carbohydrate and not real ingredients. And, you know, it's unfood and unfood will fill you up. It makes your taste Mm -hmm. good. Think everything's delicious. It makes you oh so satisfied for 20 minutes. And then after that, you want a little bit more of something because it's like eating the cardboard box that the cereal came in. And I'm not a fan of cereal. So that's really what it is, is it's mass that's filling up your gut and you're not getting nutrients from it. So to me, it's unfood as compared to something like a piece of fish or an egg or, you know, a piece of meat of any kind in vegetables. It has the actual characteristics of food as compared to what we're, you know, sort of being given these days. Well, you'll, you'll hear a lot of times when somebody will say you are what you eat. <laughs> yes, and what we say is you are what you absorb. So, you know, there you there's, if you can't absorb it, it doesn't matter what you put in. So, one, put in the good it's, food it's because good that's point. where you're going to get the nutrition. And then number two, make sure you can absorb it because it's one of the major key things that people are experiencing and why they're having such a tough time. Wow. Well, yeah, a lot of data. So whoever's stuck with us on this, one, how they can <laughs> impress. I know, I know. Why don't you tell listeners how they can reach you and your practice, and then tell them um, about your website or email, however you sure. want them to contact you. Sure. Well, I uh, have a practice in Florida called the Florida Wellness Institute. Uh, you can reach me at seven two seven seven two five. Four 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 five. If you have questions, I'd be more than happy to field those for you. Um, as far as the absorbate and the enzymes that I'm talking about, uh, you should get onto the website, which is naturesources.com. They'll tell you all sorts of information, which forms they are showing up, you know, what the cost is. And you can also call the 1-800 number, which is 1-800-827-76. Five six, and if you use the code radio, not only can you ask for some free samples, 
but you can also uh, get 20% off your first order. And really, for, for me, this is the best way you could ever spend money on trying to get your body more nutrition because you're going to be eating food anyhow. You might as well be taking things that break down the food that you will be eating. There you go. Very well said. <laughs> well, thank you so thank much you. for your time and coming on our show. And um, we'll have you back again. I'd love to. And thanks for having me. This is fun. Okay. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That wraps up our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday, 4 p.m., and that is California time. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 